I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment. fellowship on this great and wonderful day. Hallelujah. So glad that you're with us. And if you're watching online, we just say welcome to you as well. Glory to God. Our reach is extending. It's here and it's beyond. And we serve a great and awesome God. You know, God likes to celebrate. 
he often had feast days that would lasted seven days. And you know what? He's going to throw the biggest party coming up called the uh, Wedding Supper of the Lamb. And we're all going to be invited. It's going to be the greatest party you've ever been to. But you know what? We should start celebrating now for the goodness of God. Father, we just give you thanks and praise. And we honor you and we bless you. We welcome your presence here. And Lord, we just want you to have your way. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Stand together, happy Mother's Day, mamas. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. Your love is And beyond the horizon, with mercy for today, faithful you have been, faithful you will be, let your love be, and that's why I sing your praise will be on my lips, will be on my lips, your
praise. Come on, give him a praise from your lips. In the name. 
on earth that can compare to your presence. And we can enter your presence anytime, place, anywhere. And Lord, we so appreciate you giving us an open invitation to come and receive from you, rest in you, find life in you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, we value, value, value your presence. Lord, we thank you that in your presence and when you're with us, Lord, you speak to us. Do not let your anxieties overwhelm you. Be anxious for nothing. 
but call upon me and I will answer you. And I will give you a peace that passes understanding. And my peace will guard your focus. It will keep your heart and your mind on my anointed one. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We want to honor all the mothers today on Mother's Day. God thinks Mother's Day should be every day. But it's great that we take a day and we give honor, amen, Amen. and serve and glory to God. We have a gift for all our mamas and ladies and young ladies right over there in the cove. uh, We have a special gift for you, so just make sure you grab one on the way out before you leave today. And it's a good day today, amen? Amen. So one of the things that we like to do is to speak the word. Aren't you glad you can speak the word? Amen. Jesus gave us his authority. So let's make a confession of faith based on God's word this morning. God's kingdom operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply. Our God is good to us and his blessing causes the earth to yield its harvest for us. We purposely plant our seed in good ground, and it grows, ripens, and we reap its return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances so that our family is well taken care of and we are able to help others. We work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and gather fruit for eternal life. We rejoice when we plant and when we reap. Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted. We reap abundantly because we sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us, and we have more than enough to do what God wants to give to others. We are sowers, and the Lord gives us seed and meets our needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ, he multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvest in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong. Our insight is clear. And our love is strong for God's word. And victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, We are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. 
It's wonderful to see all of you here today. The rain has stopped. We have all left our houses and come out in the sunshine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers, physically and spiritually. We are all can be um, sowing seed to conceive new life. Hallelujah. God is so good. Okay, I got two pages here today. <laughs> and it's also very colorful. If this was a restaurant, I would order everything on here. Looks lovely. So happy Mother's Day and welcome back, Dr. Fiona. That She's back from her celebration of her graduation ceremony. So we welcome back the family and give our congratulations. And then, woohoo! Yeah, join in with the fun. This is good. And then we're announcing Pastor Nelson's new book. This is two years in the process. I told him next time his editors will be a little faster. So the Lord had to do a little nudging and, uh, and let us know that we needed to complete our part after he completed his. So that's available in the bookstore and on Amazon. It's called um, Walking Through the Storm of Poverty, Experiencing God's Goodness, and it's uh, how the Lord has worked in his life from a child to now. And then May 21st, which is two Saturdays. May 21st, Air Force is participating in a craft vendor show in Palmyra that's sponsored by the um, Palmyra cheerleaders, the little Palmyra cheerleaders. I don't know what their proper name is. And it's right here at uh, the park. It's called something different now. Memorial Park. It used to be Fireman's Park. It's Memorial Park, and it's adjacent, like, catty corner. How do you Diagonal. Diagonal to Northside Elementary School. So we will be there with many other vendors. And um, that's Saturday, May 21st from 9 to 3. So we would love for you to come out and find us among the the uh, crafters and vendors. They're having food trucks and there will be live music. And we have somebody from here giving live music. What time? Devon and Abby will be performing live music. Yeah, on the stage at the park around 10 o'clock. Yes. So you, if you're thinking when to come, that would be a great time. So praise the Lord for that opportunity. The new Shopify store is here. Does it have a name? Still behind the scenes setting it up, but it's coming. And we're very excited because this opens the whole the bookstore that's right there to the whole world. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So if you would like to sponsor a month or more, one month is $35. So that would be one way for you to get your seed of sowing that we just sang about a little bit into the ground to bless people from around the world 
with what we have available in our bookstore. Whew, I'm almost done. You ready? <laughs> Tuesday is Air Force, our youth group. Yeah, 6 to 8 p.m. And a heads up, the last Tuesday of May, which I think is the 31st, we are having a graduation celebration during the 6 to 8 o'clock time because Kelsey is graduating from high school. Woo! Yeah. So that's a heads up. And then, oh, yes, we have ongoing fundraisers. And today we have a Mother's Day gift for all the ladies. And anyone that needs a gift for their mama, you can stop by. And, and we have a special, we package together a special gift for you. It's free because we as youth want to bless you. So be sure to stop by in the back. We have it on the cart. There's a sign that says, Happy Mother's Day. That's where it is. And the container is blue in case you're like Keller's. You'll find it. Okay. And then Wednesday night refreshing, 6.30 p.m. right here. You want to come and plan to stay, like, longer. That's the sweetest time. Like, last time we had a, sat around like we were sitting around a campfire. And the Lord just ministers extra to you. He loves to hang around and linger with you. So, anyways, uh, Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday night refreshing. And that's the end of my announcements. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're so pleased about authors putting forth their books. Amen. Way to go, Pastor Nelson. This is his second book because he co-authored one with me. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, good morning to you all and happy Mother's Day. I say hi, Mom, if she's watching. Hallelujah. You know, if you're, hallelujah, <laughs> just going to share some fun things with you. You know, have you ever wondered why a computer is so smart? Aren't you glad the computer, you know why they're smart? Because they listen to their motherboard. <laughs> All right. And uh, here, here are a few things that mom would never say. All right. Things that mom would never say. How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? <laughs> Never going to say that. Yeah, I used to skip school a lot too. <laughs> Just leave all the lights on. It makes the house more cheery. <laughs> Things mom is never going to say, right? Let me smell that shirt. Oh yeah, it's good for another week. <laughs> Things mom would never say. Yeah, go, go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. <laughs> Things mom would never say. The curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison or anything here. <laughs> I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. <laughs> Things mom would never say. Right? Don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, there was a, uh, for weeks, a six-year-old 
kept telling his first grade teacher about the baby brother or sister that was expected to be in his house. One day, the mother allowed the boy to feel the movements of the unborn child. The six-year-old was obviously impressed, but made no comment. Furthermore, he stopped telling his teacher about the impending event. The teacher finally sat the boy on her lap and said, Tommy, whatever has become of that baby brother or sister you were expecting at home? Tommy burst into tears and confessed, I think mommy ate it. (laughs) And a grandmother is a little bit parent, a little bit teacher, and a little bit best friend. Grandmas never run out of hugs or cookies. These are just some quotes from anonymous people. Grandmother, a wonderful mother with lots of practice. It's such a grand thing to be a mother of a mother, that's why the world calls her grandmother. Marriage made us family, love made me your daughter. That's a good one. And uh, a man who treats his woman like a princess is proof that he has been born and raised in the arms of a queen. All right, here's the first Mother's Day. New mom, new fun, so blessed, this one. Long nights, short days, go back, no way. And then finally, a mother. When you're a child, she walks before you to set an example. When you're a teenager, she walks behind you in case she needs, you need her. When you're an adult, she walks beside you so that the, as two friends, you can enjoy life together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we know uh, here uh, at VCF you can uh, give anytime here. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website and you can uh, do that anytime. Amen? And uh, we want to take this time to uh, dismiss our kids for their kids' life, kids living in faith every day. Kids, have a great class. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, we had the privilege of uh, seeing the Liberty University campus this weekend, and wow. It is impressive. They have uh, 40,000 students on campus. They graduated 23,000 students this weekend. And uh, everything just was wonderful. And even sitting in the rain, uh, the rain it was raining right before the ceremony, but stopped for the ceremony. And uh, it was wonderful. So we celebrated uh, Fiona's uh, doctoral uh, achievement. And uh, we're so happy and blessed. Hallelujah. And uh, there's a doctor in the house. Amen. Josiah loves calling her Dr. Mama. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you came this morning, and I hope that this message will inspire you. I want to tell you a story today about how a sinner became a saint. And maybe you can relate to this story, maybe you can. I want to start off by looking in Psalms 
127 and verse 1. Psalm 127, verse 1. Hallelujah. And uh, the Bible says, this is the Amplified. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise early, to retire late, or to eat the bread of anxious labors. For he gives blessings to his beloved, even in his sleep. Say, I'm God's beloved. And God promises his beloved sweet sleep. Amen. And uh, we're not really talking about building a house, but we're talking about someone today who built a house with the firm foundation of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. And this story is found in the book of Joshua chapter, well, we'll start with Joshua chapter 1. And it's the story of Rahab. I call it the redemption of Rahab. She went from one place in her life to a whole new different place in her life. She changed her entire destiny and the destiny of her family. And uh, so I had initially a title of the redemption of Rahab, but then I thought, a sinner that became a saint. Amen? Aren't you glad that through God we can change our past? We can change our experiences. Amen. If you had a bad experience or if you were involved in bad things, you don't have to stay there. You can change. And God makes a way of change. See, in this story, in the book of Joshua, Moses had died. And now Joshua was in charge. He was the one whom God had chosen To lead his people into the promised land, to possess it, and to distribute the inheritance to the tribes of Israel. Joshua faithfully served God by serving Moses. And he did whatever Moses told him to do. Joshua learned valuable lessons from his mentor Moses. Now it was his time for the Israelites to do what God had told them to do. And in Joshua 1 verse 3, the Bible says, I have given you every place on which the sole of your foot treads. I want you to consider for a moment where you walk. Where you walk means there's about to change possession of those things. Imagine being Given every place where the sole of your foot shall tread, what would you tread on? Where would you go? What would you do? He said, just as I promised to Moses, verse 4, from the wilderness of Arabia to this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea or the Mediterranean Sea, the west shall shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you or oppose you as long as you live, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you, 
or abandon you, be strong and courageous. For you will give this people as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Amen. God gave Joshua a promise. He gave the, he gave him, he said, no one's going to be able to stand before you. You're going to take this land. Okay. Now, my message is not about Joshua today. All right. This is where our message now gets interesting. In Joshua chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as scouts secretly from Shittim, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho, the walled city. So they went and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and lodged there. All right? Now she's not starting off so good. She's a prostitute. Right? And there's lots of names that you could use for this profession. Right? I'm not going to go into all that. But Rahab was a prostitute. Okay? And, you know, prostitutes don't serve God. But you know what? God was about to do something in her life. And God made a divine connection with a prostitute with a group of people who had promises from God. And the promises of God were about to transform a prostitute into someone prominent and part of a divine family line. Hallelujah. So they ended up, you know, Jericho was the oasis of the Jordan River. It was one of the world's, it's thought to be one of the world's oldest, the world's oldest inhabited sites. Its name is derived from the Hebrew word for moon, implying that it may have been a center for worship of various lunar gods. So Joshua wanted to get some information about Jericho. Now Joshua, he was one of the spies that went into the promised land. He was one of the spies that brought back a good report along with Caleb. Unfortunately, 10 others brought a negative report. So Joshua learned a lesson. I'm not going to send 12. I'm going to send two. And I'm going to send them on a secret mission, right? It was not only secret to Jericho, it was secret to the Israelites. God chose some brave, faithful, reliable, prudent young men who would go and maybe he told them, I understand what you're about to do, right? And just two were to go in and they were to look not so much at the land, but they were to get the feel for Jericho. What were the people thinking? What were their preparations? What was happening in the city? See, Jericho was the first city of Canaan. It was the entrance point, and it was the first city that Joshua was going to overtake across the Jordan. Okay? And so these two spies, they did a little recon mission. You know, our military has a recon division where they go in and they gather information and bring it back to the generals so they can devise a strategy to win. Amen? Joshua was a smart general. And so they went and viewed the land. See, when God gives you a promise, you're required to act on what he said. 
If Josh, if God said, I'm giving you this land, okay, Joshua says, okay, I need some information about this land. He is acting on the promise of God, right? He is doing, he's taking action on what God said, okay? And any step toward fulfilling what God said, God will meet you and provide for you. How many believe that? Any step that you take towards fulfilling God's plan, he will meet with you, he will meet you and he will provide for you. Amen? This is what we find in this story. Okay? And, uh, you know, when God tells you to do something, do what you know to do and follow his leading. Right? And uh, so, these uh, men were on a secret mission. All right? And they ended up at a house of a prostitute. Little did each know that God would use this connection for greatness. God had a plan for the spies, and God had a plan for Rahab. Amen? Amen. So, here's what the Bible says about Jericho. Right? In Numbers 22.1, the Israelites actually camped across from Jericho. Okay, when they entered the promised land and they they crossed the Jordan, they they camped across. It said uh, they were in the plains of Moab on the east side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Okay, so they were across from Jericho. In Numbers chapter 35, starting with verse 50, the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan across from the Jericho. So God had already been, he already had Jericho on his mind. Amen? And when, Jer- when God got something on his mind, he has victory, success, and triumph on his mind. Our God is a good God. And uh, he told, he said, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, verse 52, you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you and destroy their sculpted images. God's about to clean house. Amen? And destroy all their cast idols and completely eliminate all their high places or their places of idol worship. Verse 53, Numbers 33, it says, You shall take possession of the land and live in it, for I have given the land to you to possess. So God had already given it to them. They already had permission. They already had authority. Amen? Amen. It was just a formal thing to go in and get it the way God said to get it. Okay? So here they were. See, in in Joshua 6.1, it says Jericho was a fortified city with high walls. It was tightly closed because of the people's fear. Everybody in Jericho was terrified with fear, except for one. Her name was Rahab. We're going to see that. So no one went out or no one came in. This is Joshua 6. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its mighty warriors. So Rahab helps Israel. Amen? You know, God connected a prophet with a widow. And the widow helped the prophet, and the prophet helped the widow. 
Amen? God is interested in a mutually beneficial exchange. When he connects you with people, amen, he has a reason for your connection. Glory to God. He wants to do something great in both people. So as you step out in faith, God will connect you with key helpers. People who have understanding, access, and faith. Amen? Well, you say, how can a prostitute have faith? Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. We're going to see how, how Rahab's faith came to her. Amen? Hallelujah. Israel had an unlikely helper and an ally in the form of Rahab. She was a prostitute. And God helped Israel to take the land. And God helped Rahab and her family to be saved. See, because God builds his kingdom by changing people. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He builds his church by changing people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He changes people with his message of goodness, with his message of grace. People change and then they become part of the kingdom. They become stones and pillars of his kingdom. Hallelujah. That's how we became part of God's family. No matter what your situation is or where you've been, faith in God can bring deliverance. It can bring restoration. It can bring renewal. It can bring redemption. And it can bring second chances. How many are grateful for the second chances and the third chances? Amen. God's a God of grace and mercy. Yes, he's a God of judgment. But I'm going to tell you something. His grace and mercy far outweigh his judgment. He goes to great lengths. To show us his mercy before judgment ever comes. Amen? Because he's good. And so they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and lodged there. Rahab was a prostitute, just like Bartimaeus was blind. But when they had faith, their situation changed. She's no longer a prostitute. She became a princess of Israel. Amen? Hallelujah. Rahab changed her heart, her destiny, her family, and her life by having faith in God. And if she can change her situation by having faith in God, you can change your situation too. Amen? Here's what the Bible says. This is New Testament about what it says about Rahab. She is listed in the hall of faith. Hebrews 11.31. I want you to see this. Hebrews 11.31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies in peace, did not perish with those who were disobedient. Rahab stood out from her entire city. Everyone in the city was fearful, except, and, but Rahab was faithful. So, James 2.25. James 2.25. In the same way. Do you realize Rahab exercised faith the same way Abraham exercised faith? In the same way. Was not even Rahab the prostitute justified... By her actions, when she welcomed the spies and sent them off on another route. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Whatever you're doing, what, what are you doing to help God's kingdom? You know, there's a lot of people that aren't helping God's kingdom simply by not participating in it. What are we doing? You know, if anything, this weekend, I was instilled with a grand vision. I saw what could be done in 50 years of people who believe in God, who trust God, and who speak it out. Their, their, their slogan is, we are training champions. Hallelujah. And they are training champions. John Maxwell was, is a graduate of Liberty University. I don't know if you watch Fox News or not, but Shannon Bream is a graduate of Liberty University. Hallelujah. I was thoroughly impressed. My wife is very impressive, and she only gets involved in impressive things. I'm telling you, wow. So what are you doing to help God's kingdom? What are you doing for God? Rahab found something that she could do for God. Something small. She housed the spies. She protected the spies. And she sent them off safely. In spite of opposition. Putting her life at risk. She took a risk for God. Like Esther took a risk to go before the king when she wasn't called. This was something small. But it was great in God's eyes. Because she did it to honor God. She did it to honor uh, faith. She did it in faith. Hallelujah. So think about it. What are we doing for God's kingdom? Are we doing our part or is there more that we could do? God did not call you to sit on the sidelines. Everyone he calls, he's got a position in the game. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the game. Rahab welcomed the spies willingly. She protected them diligently. She released them peacefully and she hoped expectantly. Hallelujah. Her faith was rewarded. You know, God rewards faith. Amen. When you put your faith in God, it will be rewarded by God. God celebrates and honors faith. Amen. God will go wherever faith is. He follows faith. Faith will move God's hand. Hallelujah. Faith will cause things to work on your behalf. Amen. So this is what Rahab did. See, a prostitute was redeemed, and she became part of a consecrated lineage of Christ. She changed her nature. Hallelujah. Only with God can a woman who was a prostitute marry a prince and be part of a godly lineage. Amen? When you truly look to God, you become what you were meant to be. Hallelujah. You may not, you may have started off something that you weren't meant to be, but when you connect with God, you become what you were meant to be. Your greatness is extracted through your relationship with God. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. I know I'm kind of giving you the end before the story, but that's okay. Amen. Matthew 1, 5 
Salmon. You see that word Salmon? That was Rahab's husband. He was of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. He was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. She was the great, great, great grandmother of King David. This prostitute who became someone righteous. She became integrated in the righteous line of God. The line that Jesus Christ came to this earth through. You talk about changing your destiny. You talk about greatness. This is, this is recorded in eternity. Look at Ruth chapter 4, verse 16, or verse 18. Ruth 4, verse 18. I imagine myself quietly teaching this today, but this is exciting. Hallelujah. Ruth 4, 18. Now these are the descendants of Perez. Perez was a son of Judah. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Okay? These are the descendants of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Abinadab. Abinadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon, who married Rahab. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David. Amen? Look at Luke chapter 3. This is in reverse order. Luke chapter 3 and verse 32. The son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, who was married to Rahab, the son of Nashon, the son of Abinadab, the son of Admin, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor. Hallelujah. Now get this, Salmon's name, that's Rahab's husband who, who became her husband, it means prince of the tribe, or it means peaceable, perfect, and he that rewards. Okay? Not only did Rahab save her family, but she was about to get God's reward in her husband. Okay? Rahab means large and extended. Okay, that's what her name means. Now get this. So she married Solomon, a prince of the tribe of Judah. God connected someone who is peaceable, perfect, and he that rewards with someone who increases and extends to create a godly lineage. Hallelujah. Amen? First, you don't have to turn there, but First Chronicles 2.11 says, uh, or 2.10 says, Nashon, the leader of the sons of Judah. So he was a leader. He was a prince. He was a head, head guy, right? And that's who married Rahab. Hallelujah. Now let's talk a little bit about Rahab's faith. Rahab's faith. Amen? Did you know that faith changes outcomes? It changes situations and it changes destinies. How many destinies have been changed by faith here, here today? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Joshua... 2-2. Joshua 2-2. So, once she housed the Israelites, the king of Jericho found out. Why? Because they were on edge. They were nervous. 
They had heard the reports of Israel crossing the Jordan, crossing the Red Sea, defeating the kings of the Amorites, Og and, and uh, whatever the other guy's name was. Right? They heard these reports, so the people in Jericho, they were on edge. They, they were locked up tight, you know, and they watched, they monitored everyone who came in and everyone who went out. They kept close eye. They had spies everywhere. So these two strangers, even though they went in secret, they were discovered. All right, notice Joshua 2.2. 2. Now the king was told, behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to spy and search out the land. How he knew all that, I don't know. So the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house because they have come as spies to search out the land. When the pressure was on, Rahab honored God. She protected his plan and she embraced his will. How many want to protect God's plan? How many want to embrace his will? Amen? You know, I was thinking about this today. This has nothing to do with the message, but, you know, I'm sure that some of you are a little bit anxious about the rising gas prices. I don't want you to be anxious about the rising gas prices because our God is bigger than gas prices. Amen. Come on. We got to we got to exalt the greatness of God. We got to exalt the power. of God. Listen, can God provide for you? Can God cause you to overflow and have more than enough? He's a too much God. Let's believe in a too much God. I don't care what the price is. Let's believe that God will take care of us. Amen. He'll, he'll either put gas in your car or give you extra to fill it up. Amen. Don't be nervous. Don't worry about it. Amen. Just cast that care to God and say, my God provides for me. Hallelujah. Everything that I need, want, desire, he gives to me. Amen. Let's walk in that faith. All right, that's just a that's just a uh, a word from our sponsor. Now let's get back to the story. So maybe the sentinels told the king, right? And they recognized maybe the Israelites by how they dressed or how they spoke or their accent. Amen. And because uh, everybody was on alarm, all right. So. Here's what Rahab did. She showed by her actions that her faith was genuine. She protected the spies. She said, oh yeah, two guys came to me, but I didn't know, I didn't know where they were from, you know? And, uh, she said, well maybe if, you know, maybe if you go out, you'll find them. But she had them hidden. Why? Well you say, well she lied. No, she was protecting God's plan. Sometimes you got to keep the enemy out of your business. Amen? The enemy's already confused, right? But he doesn't need any more details from us. Amen? She valued and protected God's plan and people, and she received and concealed the two spies. She didn't despise God's people. She fellowshiped with God's people. You know, she probably had, she obviously had a big house because when you read how many family members got into her house to be saved, it was a house sufficient enough to house all those people. It wasn't some little rinky-dink thing and it probably had extra rooms. I mean, she was a prostitute, you know. 
That's all I'm going to say about that. She believed and had faith instead of fear like everyone else in the city. She was the only one to have faith in the city, and she and her household were the only ones saved. Think about that. Out of the whole entire city, one family, because one person had faith in God. All right, look at verse 4. Joshua 2, 4. But, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. <laughs> just like Moses' just like Moses' mama hid him from the Egyptians. Right? She hid him as long as she could until she couldn't hide him anymore. And then she put him in his own basket and floated him in the river full of crocodiles and snakes. And he, he, he and the princess got him out. But anyway, all right? So she had taken them and hid them. She said, yes, the two men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. Verse 5, when it was time to close the city gate at dark, the men left. I do not know where they went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. Okay? You know what? Sometimes you got to send the devil on a, a, a wild goose chase. Amen? Do you know how many times God confused the enemy when they were about to be taken over? God is smarter than the enemy. He will outwit the enemy every time. The enemy has nothing on God. Amen? There's not a trap he could hide where God doesn't know where it is. And and if you listen to God, he'll help you avoid every trap of the enemy. Amen? So, uh... Verse 6, Joshua 2, 6, but in fact she had brought the scouts up to the roof and had hidden them under the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order of the roof. They had a, 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 an upper room encounter. Amen? So the king's men pursued them on the road to the Jordan as far as the fords east of Jericho, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out after them, the gate of the city was shut. You know what? Sometimes you got to distract the enemy from stealing, killing, and destroying. Glory to God. She knew that the Lord gave Israel the land. She had insight and understood and accepted God's will. All right? She recognized the superiority of God. Look, look at verse 8, Joshua 2, 8. Now before the two men lay down to sleep, Rahab came up to them on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Everybody say, I know. That's a statement of faith. She was fully persuaded and fully convinced. And if you know that God's given you the land, you might as well join God's side. Amen. She's the only one in the city that had any sense. I'm going to get on God's side. This, this land belongs to Israel anyway. I'm getting where God's going. Amen? I'm going to get on God's side. How many want to get on God's side? All right? So I know the Lord has given you the land and that the terror and dread of you has fallen on us. And that the inhabitants of the land, all the inhabitants of the land have melted in despair because of you. All right? You know what? You ought to strike fear in your enemy. That didn't get a big amen. You ought to strike fear in your enemy. 
If the enemy knows that you're coming, he ought to be quaking and shaking in his boots. Then here they come. Here they, what are they going to do? Here they come. And at the mention of his name, demons tremble. You represent God's name. God's put his name on you. God's put his name in you. God's given you the ability to use his name. And when you walk into a place, you can use the name of Jesus. You ought to strike fear and make your enemy tremble. The enemy ought to say, oh, no, here he comes. Oh, no, here she comes. Amen? We ought to walk like that. But how much of the church is walking like that? She heard and believed the report of the Lord. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. And when she heard the report, she made a conscious decision to trust God. She heard about God's miracles, victories, and great overwhelming success. Look at verse 10. Joshua 2.10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. We have heard when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og. There's the other guy, Sihon. Whom you utterly destroyed. She was hearing this. She heard the report. And when she heard the report, she believed the report. Say, when I hear God's report, I believe it. You don't need to be, uh, the minute you hear God's report, you don't need to be, you don't need to have any other evidence. You just need to believe it with all your heart. Embrace it. Amen. With all your being. Okay? So she heard. Right? She knew. And uh, the report of God touched her heart. It made other people's heart melt, but it made her heart excited because she saw it as an opportunity. How you respond to God's word is going to make the difference of what God's word does for you. Amen? You got to welcome God's word with joy. Everybody say, with joy. Listen, you ought to get excited just at the reading of Scripture. Why? That's God talking. Amen? And we should never have the attitude, well, I heard that before. Just be quiet. If you heard it before, great. Just smile. Amen? And just receive it again. Glory to God. You ever eat a potato twice? How, how many's eaten fries more than once in their life? How many's eaten a hamburger more than once in your life? Amen. You ought to be able to handle some scriptures more than once in your life. Amen. Okay. God's word of victory, triumph, and miracles melted the people's heart and caused them to be prey for Israel. Not with an A, but with an E. Okay. God had already designed and chosen Israel to win. Let me tell you something. God, because you accepted Jesus, you were designed to win already. You were created to win and overcome already. Hallelujah. You, just, just by you showing up is a guaranteed victory of the battle in your favor. Hallelujah. You need to overpower your enemies And not your enemies overpower you. You need to overpower your enemies. Not let your enemies overpower you. 
Adam should have said to that snake, you shut up and get out of this garden right now. But he didn't. And look at the consequences. Rahab recognized and confessed the greatness of God. She said, the Lord is God in heaven and earth. When you confess him as Lord, what happens? What happens when you confess Jesus as Lord? You get saved. She made a public confession of who God is. Amen? She was expressing her faith. Hallelujah. She said in verse 11, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Amen? Glory to God. And we know that James tells us that she was justified by faith. In other words, she, she had faith and she did something with her faith. She didn't do something to get faith. She had faith and did something with her faith. Amen? James says she was justified by faith. She was made, justified means made righteous, made holy, just like Jesus. Amen? It means you've got a new nature. Hallelujah. And she was justified by faith because James is talking about the difference between works and faith. We don't work to get saved, but once we're saved, we better do some work. We better work for Jesus. Amen? We can't just sit on our duff and think that God's going to do everything. we got a part to do. Amen? we just got to do our part. Listen, God's got his part. His part is the heavy lifting. Our part is the believing. Our part is the going. Our part is the saying. Amen? Our, our part is important. Rahab had a part. Glory to God. She was justified the same way as Abraham was. Whoo! Glory to God. It was like she was saying, I'm not going to prostitute anymore. I'm going to believe from now on. Amen. She made a decision. Glory to God. And we got to decide to walk by faith. You know, God lets you choose. He says walk by faith, not by sight. He doesn't make you. God doesn't, God's never made anybody do anything. Amen. But he'll let you do what you want to do and be prepared for the consequences. Because there are consequences for our actions. If we act in the flesh, we're going to, of the flesh, reap reap destruction. Okay? So, Rahab's faith, right, uh, Here's what Isaiah 41.10 says. Do not fear, for I am with you. Who's with you? If God's with you, should you fear? Is fear an option? No. Shouldn't even be in our vocabulary. Right? It's not in our DNA. Why should it be in our vocabulary? God did not give you a spirit of fear. You got a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured, I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand. Glory to God. He'll he'll get a hold of you with his righteous right hand. Right? That's a hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. Glory to God. God's got a lot of stuff in his right hand. 
Verse 11, indeed, all those who are angry with you will be put to shame. All those who are angry with you will be put to shame and humiliated. Let me tell you something. God is in the humiliating your enemy business. What did God do to Satan? He made a show of him openly. He, Colossians tells us that. I mean, when he whoops the enemy, he whoops them good. When David killed Goliath, he killed him good. And he took his head and showed it around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So then, she enters into a covenant with the spies. A covenant is more than an agreement. It's a binding, holy thing. All right? She made, she put faith in the blood of God. I read a book as part of my studies called The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. And what it did was it traced the bloodline from Genesis to Revelation. And the book talked about how God preserved a bloodline from generation to generation throughout history because there had to be a righteous line of people who believed God who the Savior could come to this earth through. Amen? And the book's called The Miracle of the When I read, I could hardly put the book down. I mean, it, it's that good. If you ever get a hold of it and read it, you, you'll feel the same way. It's powerful. And here is an example of someone who put faith in the blood. She gave kindness for kindness. She sowed a seed of kindness that brought deliverance and salvation. She gave shelter and safety for salvation. She sowed seed to save her family. She gave faith for divine benefits. Rahab acted in faith to override the fear of man, and she did not fear the king of Jericho. Do you realize she didn't tremble when he, he came and said, where are those guys? She was like, boom, I don't know. And if I did know, I'm not telling you. Amen? Look at Joshua 2.12. Joshua 2.12. She says, now please swear an oath to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness. Does kindness have a reward? Is kindness a seed? It brings a reward. That you also will show kindness to my father's house or family and give me a pledge of truth and faithfulness. And spare my father and my mother and my brothers, brothers, and my sisters. Okay? Along with everyone who belongs to them, let us all live. That's my nieces and my nephews, everyone. Come on, if you're going to believe big, believe big. She didn't stop at her father or mother. She included her brothers, her sisters, and all those who are part of them. Hallelujah. This woman has some faith. And she's, extra, she's doing some great things with her faith, just like you and I can do. 
Verse 14. So the men said to her, our lives for yours, if you do not tell anyone about this business of ours. Then when the Lord gives you the land, we will show you kindness and faithfulness and keep our agreement with you. All right. Now, now look at this. Look at verse 17. The men said to her, we shall be blameless and free from this oath, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down. Oh, my goodness. Do you know another story of when God told some people to put the blood on the doorsteps and the destroyer couldn't enter in the house and everyone who was in the house was kept safe? Hallelujah from the destroyer. She let her scarlet thread, which represented the blood of Jesus, out the window. She, she had a house along the wall. You could see it when you come to the city. She let that scarlet thread. Symbolizing, I'm putting my faith in the blood of Jesus. I'm putting my faith in this blood covenant. Because I believe in the blood. And the blood's going to set me free. The blood's going to save me. The blood's going to deliver me. That scarlet thread was a symbol. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, look at verse 19. But if anyone goes out the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. How many know instructions are important? If you're going to get in the house, you can't leave the house. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. There's so many people that need to be in the house. And so many people have left the house. If they left the house, they're responsible for what happens to them. Right? You know, if you walked out of the house that was covered in the blood, the destroyer would have eaten you for lunch. The safety was within the house. The safety was under the covering. Think about that. Think about that. My goodness. Okay? However, if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood is on our head. That's our responsibility. Okay? But if you tell anyone of this business, you know, if you're going to be a gossip and a tail bearer and a backbiter, uh, then we're free of this oath. So part of this oath was her keeping her promise to zip it. Look at your neighbor and say, zip it. Right? You know, sometimes you got to keep a secret. Do you realize God kept a secret? The enemy didn't know that Jesus was going to resurrect from the dead. He kept it a secret. Because if he did, the Bible says he wouldn't have crucified Jesus. But God kept his secret until the right time of the unveiling. And when it was unveiled, the enemy was shocked. Couldn't do anything about it. Hallelujah. He was, I love the word flabbergasted. The enemy was flabbergasted. Okay? So if you t- look at verse 21. She said, according to your words, be it. She agreed with the covenant. They agreed with the covenant. The covenant was signed, sealed, and delivered. She let that scarlet thread hang out her window. She gathered her brothers, her mother, her father, her sisters, her nieces, her nephews into this house. She said, come on, you got to come to my house. This is the only safe place in all of Jericho. I've entered into a covenant with God. And by faith, she saved her and her family. 
her and her family. She brought all of her family into the house that was covenanted with blood. She brought all of her family under the covenant of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Rahab kept the secret. Hallelujah. She said, according to your words. That's faith. Faith does what according to it hears. Amen. Hallelujah. So here she was. And we know the story of Jericho. God gave Joshua a divine strategy. You're going to march around that city once for six, once a day for six days. And you're just going to look. Right? But on the seventh day, you're going to go around that city seven times. Perfection. And on that seventh time, seven trumpets are going to blow. Perfection. And when those seven trumpets blow, the walls fell flat. And they invaded the city. Right? Now look at this. Look at Joshua 6, verse 17. The city and everything that is in it shall be under the ban to be destroyed. Okay? To the Lord. Only, everybody say only. Listen to this. This is powerful. Only Rahab the prostitute and all the people are with her in her house shall be allowed to live because she hid and protected the messengers whom we sent. Everybody say only. How many want to be part of the elite group called only? Amen. You can be part of the elite group called only. All you got to do is have faith in God. All you got to do is believe what God said. All you got to do is follow the instructions that God gives. Amen. All you got to do is your part. You do your part and God will do his part. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 22. Joshua 6 verse 22. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring the woman and all she had out of there. Woo! Glory to God. She's getting rescued. She's getting brought out of there. As you have sworn to her. All right, verse 23. So the young men, the spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and everything that she had. They also brought out all her relatives and allowed them to stay outside the camp of Israel while everyone else got destroyed. Faith was the difference maker. In this woman's life. And they only had to be outside the camp because, as part of the, uh, the time required for ceremonial cleansing. Right? Verse 24. Then they completely burned the city and everything that was in it. They put only the silver and the gold, the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the house. Verse 25. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute. With her father's household and everything that she had, she has lived among Israel to this day because she hid the messengers when Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. A message of redemption. She was a sinner, but she became a saint. 
because she heard God's word. She protected God's plan. She loved God's people. She embraced God's will. And she did what she knew to do. She did what only she could do. Amen? You know, as a prostitute, you're kind of used to lying. Right? And her lying to the king, that was what she did. God used that to rescue his people. Amen? It was a turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say I hate lying, so I don't like it to be spiced up like it was something good. So I thought I'd turn it. In. in the beginning, when she started this, she was a yes. sinner. She was just like everybody in yes. the land. So she, God took her and turned her against her own people. We get to see behind the scenes how it yes. happened. In many places in the Bible, the enemies would fight among themselves and take care of each other, and then God's people would win. And this is exactly what that was. And now we see what that looks like. She used what they use and turned against them. Yes. And then when she turned towards God's side, we see the whole transformation happening. She started off just like everybody in her city. And she spoke to them like they would speak to other people. And the other part of this is she was a prostitute. So in her house, the men that will come to her house, she had to lie for them all the time. Yes. Because nobody needed to know they were in her house. The men from the city who were asking her about the men from the other city. Yes. So this is what she did anyway. So, um, but then once she turned, when God turned her into who, onto his side, none of these things had to happen anymore. But you know what I'm saying? So she behaved like she was known to behave to that city, which was lie for men. Yes. <laughs> And, um, and, but then it turned. So she did, whoever God uses, he will use where you start from. Yes. And then he transforms you. But the key is to keep following his direction, not going back and forth. She was not, um, she was not a traitor. Right. She became, she turned from the enemy side to God's side by, by, by following the instructions of God. Yep. And so that, that's just what the Lord showed me about. And, and the Amen. one other thing. Yeah. The, not just the people in her house that came out, but all that she had with her. Of the entire city, the only preserved items from that city were the items that were in her house. Yes. So everything else was burnt up, but whatever she had kept in her house as items, as household items, mm-hmm. she got to take out with her. Yes, amen. And every other memory of that city was burnt up. So she got to preserve history of that city from her house. Anyway, I'm not preaching. Thank you. No, I mean, come on. That's good. How about you today? Where can God take you? I like what uh, John Maxwell said at the graduation. He began to ask himself, How far can I go? How far do you want to go with God? Are you okay where you are? Or do you want a deeper, more fuller, more richer relationship with him? Do you want to experience greater things, greater experiences in the spirit, greater moves of God? Amen. 
greater rewards for your giving. Amen. Be like Emerald. Bam! Bump it up a notch. Right? Bump it up a notch. Amen? So maybe you're here today. And maybe you feel stuck. Maybe those of you that are watching, you feel stuck. You're stuck in a habit. You're stuck in a way of living that God's not pleased with. You're stuck But I know that God can set you free. I want to pray for the people who are watching right now. Father, I just pray for those who are watching uh, VCF on YouTube and Facebook right now in the name of Jesus or whenever they're going to watch this, Father. I pray that the power of God would begin to move on their behalf, Lord, and you will show them the steps that they need to take. You will give to them your word so that they can hear it and act on it. And, Lord, deliverance shall come like it came for Rahab in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that they will change their nature They will change their destiny and they will change their position in the name of Jesus right now. They'll go from sickness to whole in Jesus' name. They'll go from poverty to prosperity in Jesus' name. They'll go from defeated to winning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We give you thanks and praise right now in Jesus' name. Now, how about you? How about you? You want to go, you want to do some greater things for God? Amen. I just want you, anybody who wants to do some greater things for God, I want you to come up and say, here I am, Lord.